Welcome to The Blind Side. News and information from a blindness perspective. Here's Jonathan Mosen. As promised on this edition of The Blind Side podcast, it is all about Apple's big events today where Apple Watch, Apple TV and three new iPhones were announced. First of all, though, let me tell you about iOS 11 without the eye because we now know that, as I expected, iOS 11 is going to be released on the 19th of September. That means that we will make iOS 11 without the eye available for purchase over the weekend, this coming weekend. Now, there are a number of ways that you can find out the moment that iOS 11 without the eye is released. It's just under 40,000 words packed with information about what is new in iOS 11, all from a voiceover user's perspective. So we will be talking about the many new accessibility features, both voiceover related and not in iOS 11. But we'd also look at lots of other features as well, looking at them all from the way that you might use them as a voiceover user. To find out when iOS 11 without the eye is released, the moment that we publish it, there are a number of things you can do. You can like us on Facebook. We now do have a Mosin Consulting Facebook page. You can go to facebook.com slash Mosin Consulting, all one word, facebook.com slash Mosin Consulting, and you can like that page. We'll be sure to post there the moment that the book drops. You can also follow at Mosin Consulting, all joined together on the Twitter. And we have an announcements email list as well that is very low traffic and just tells you about things that Mosin Consulting are up to as soon as they happen. You'll be able to find a link to that on the Mosin Consulting website at mosin.org. That's M-O-S-E-N.org. Or if you have a memory for these sorts of things, you can send a blank email right now to announcements-subscribe at mosin.org. That's announcements, plural, announcements-subscribe at mosin.org. Through all of those channels over the weekend, when iOS 11 without the eye is available, you will hear about it. The cost is $19.95. That's $19.95. And it will be available in PDF and EPUB format for instant download once you purchase. And you will be able to have that book as a companion for when iOS 11 is released on the 19th. You'll be able to read up in advance and know exactly what to expect. And there is a lot in iOS 11. Our place, our issues. The Blind Side with Jonathan Mosen. It was the first event at the Steve Jobs Theatre and Apple didn't disappoint. There is a lot of hardware to report on at this event. And to tell us about it and analyse it, we've got our guests in the studio. First of all, Heidi Mosen is with us. Welcome to you, Heidi. Hello. You've been capturing the slides and all those good things? Yes, I have. Okay, so we're going to make sure that we make a point of covering things that blind people who watch the keynote may have missed out on. Also, Apple podcaster extraordinaire and general gadget freak David Woodbridge is up bright and early from Australia. So welcome back to you, David. Oh, I'm feeling absolutely sparkling. Thank you. You, you. you are actually in good shape for somebody up so early. I'm impressed. Yeah. And of course, Alison Hartley from the Tech Doctor blog and podcast. Welcome to you, Alison. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here on this wonderful day. Can I just get your overall impressions? We're going to go through the keynote and the order that Tim Cook and his team delivered the news today. But overall, how are you left feeling at the end of the event? We'll start with you, Heidi. I feel like we knew everything in advance. Everything was leaked. Because you cheated and you, you, it was like opening the Christmas presents early and you read all the tech publications. And <laughs> no, I heard it all from you. I tried to avoid it. <laughs> Alison, how did you feel about the event? 
I I enjoyed it. I too read all of the tech publications and listened to all of the podcasts. So I there was nothing really unexpected. But Apple events are always special to me. But I really I was especially impressed actually that I found the Apple Watch, the new Apple Watch, to be probably the most impressive of all the new announcements. But overall, I'm really excited to see where the future is going with this technology. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But David, you said on Twitter that you had actually stayed away from the spoiler of uh, the spoilers that I were did. going out. Yeah, I did. I intentionally went la 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 every time it was mentioned. <laughs> yes. And uh, no, so I was very excited to hear about the uh, the Series Three watch the 4K Apple TV, the iPhone 8, and the iPhone 10. So I just, no, I just completely tried to ignore that stuff. And that's why on my Twitter feed, I, I don't retweet any of the gossip stuff. I think, no, 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 I want to find out on Christmas Day. Good on you. Good on you. Merry Christmas to everybody. So let's start with the way that they started. Although I did make a note here in my notes that I wonder how much Apple had to pay to use All You Need Is Love as yeah. they showed footage of Apple Park just before the keynote. But, I mean, this is Apple, and they could buy they could buy the whole of New Zealand. So I guess they can buy all you need is love. So that was pretty impressive. The Apple Watch Series 3, would you like to start us off with this, David? Because you bombarded us. You absolutely bombarded us with <laughs> Apple Watch podcasts when the first I Apple know. Watch came. Are you still using your Apple Watch? I, uh, can I say I have now four Apple Watches now? Yeah, but that's not the question I asked you. You see, you're like a politician. Are you using them? Yes, I am using them. Yeah. Not all at the same time. Two um, on each arm. Yes, no. The yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, it's interesting to watch it evolve, isn't it? Because I think that when Apple watch first came out there was a lot of emphasis on apps and we were going to be reading the new york times on our wrist and things and they really seem to have found their rhythm with this now this is primarily a health device maybe with a bit of sort of music thrown in with your airpods right yeah yeah look i i think so and look the, the new cellular chip that's in it now and the fact that it will use your same phone number what i found really irritating though was they said it was going to be available in about, I think it was seven countries. And of course, being a visual thing, they didn't actually tell us what the countries were. So hopefully, one of those, for me at least, will hopefully be Australia when it becomes available. One of them yes. is Australia, but the- not New Zealand. Heidi's got the list. Oh. We Every time they did something like this, we made a, a special point of getting this information ready. So let's have the countries that the cellular Apple Watch is available, okay. Heidi. So with cellular, you can get it in Australia, Canada, China, France, Germany, Japan, Switzerland, the United Kingdom, and the United States. Now, that goes on sale this Friday. And so with the Apple Watch, the new Apple TV, and two of the iPhones, I'm, the internet will probably break itself under the strain of everybody visiting apple.com or something. But you will be able to order it in those countries. And then there are additional countries where you can get the non-cellular version, correct? Yes, so the list still includes the other ones. Yes. So I'm just going to go through the whole list. Right. So we have Australia, Austria, Belgium, Canada, China, Denmark, Finland, France, Germany, Hong Kong, Ireland, Italy, Japan, Luxembourg. Luxembourg, yes. That one. Netherlands, Luxembourg. New Zealand, Norway, Portugal, Singapore, Spain, Sweden, Switzerland, Taiwan, United Arab Emirates, the United Kingdom, and the United States. Okay, so a greater range of countries. I'm interested in the technology behind how they are making a single phone number 
work on multiple devices because that is not typical with the GSM standard. So they're obviously doing some special work with the carriers there. Uh, Alison, you had an Apple Watch at the beginning and you, you stopped wearing yours pretty quickly, right? I did. I had an Apple Watch Series 1. I stopped wearing it mainly because the the Series 1, for me at least, I guess it was the Series 0, was very slow, very sluggish, and I didn't really find that it enhanced my overall Apple experience that well. I didn't, at the time, I wasn't really using a lot of the fitness stuff um, to track my movement and such. So I sold it. um, And then about six months ago, of course, as luck would have it, I got a Series 2. <laughs> hmm. Luckily, luckily, I just got the Sport model, so Jeremy can have that um, so I can get this new oh, one. Right. But Give I do the husband that, the cast-offs, why don't you? That's right. Yeah. Well, that, you know, it's one of the, why do you get married? You know? yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. No, but, <laughs> but in all seriousness, I, uh, I use it more for fitness now. And so I find that... Um, that it really helps me as I'm as I'm especially walking more now that we live in a more walkable place. Um, it's helping me to become more to become more fit and more health conscious. So I'll be happy about the the series three for the for the LTE and also for the fact that it's going to be even faster than the series two. So Apple Watch fifty percent growth in the last year compared to the previous year, according to Tim Cook, and it's now the number one watch in the world. It has surpassed Rolex with ninety seven percent customer satisfaction and it's the most used heart rate monitor in the world so with the series 3 you've got this built-in cellular and that means that you share your number with your iphone when you go when you go wandering with your apple watch for example you might go with a ra- for a run and decide to leave your iPhone behind, your find friends location will seamlessly switch from your iPhone to your watch. And you can also, of course, stream Apple Music now with uh, AirPods, I guess, because you you probably wouldn't want to listen to Apple Music over the Apple Watch speaker unless the speakers got significantly better and they didn't indicate that it had. Uh, But Apple Watch has been notoriously sluggish. And so now they're saying that Siri's voice, because of the new processor, will now talk on Apple Watch and that it is significantly faster than the previous one. The other thing I noticed was that uh, it will track stairs climbed now. And so there are a lot of changes there, but still with 18 hours of battery life, despite all the cellular technology built in. So the engineers have done a good job with this. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. just... Bringing up information from the slides, they say that it's got a new dual-core processor, which is 70% faster than the previous one, and the Wi-Fi is 85% faster, and it is now 50% more efficient. Okay, so I wonder if they've switched to, I don't know what they were using in the previous iteration, do you guys know, but maybe they've got 802.11ac now, whereas they may not have had it before, or something like that. I actually don't know what they had before. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It I was. I don't. I don't think it was AC. Yeah. So, who's ordering one? I am. I am. Yep. 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 <laughs> what, what, what? Yeah. Yeah. So ask a silly question. I'll put what? it on my wedding registry. <laughs> yeah. You're good on you. There you go. What, what attracts you particularly about the new Series Three Apple Watch, David? What's What's grabbing you the the cellular? Yes. Yeah. I, I, Absolutely, because basically most of the time I tend to use my watch for notifications and fitness and heart rate and that sort of stuff. So just because what I find sometimes trying to answer the current phone, sorry, current, current watch on a phone call is a little bit 
hit and miss. So hopefully, if this thing's got cellular built into it, number one, I can answer it properly. And number two, when I'm away from my iPhone, I can still take a phone call, particularly for work. But the other thing that I want to try and the first thing that I'll be doing is I want to see if that loading image has gone where the apps are actually primarily on the watch. Excuse me. They're not on the iPhone. So that's going to be my first thing because I really hate that loading image while you yeah. wait for an app to load from the phone. Right. Yes. One of the things that I've used it for that I enjoy, other than the fact that it, it definitely has made me a much fitter person. I mean, it was really interesting to watch that video where they were showing all these different people and the impacts that Apple Watch has had. But I do also use it as a kind of a hierarchical notification system. So things that I really need to know about, even when I'm out and I should be focusing on other things, like you know an urgent text message or something, that comes to the watch. And so when I get a vibration or a tap on my wrist, I know it's probably important. And it took me a while to get there, you know, to streamline the notifications in that way. I'd love to see that expanded. I'd love to be able to say, only notify my wrist if I get a message from VIPs or certain specific people, maybe favorites, that kind of thing. That would be nice. I'd also like to see it do something where I could have it say, show me these notifications if I'm out, but if I'm at home or work, don't show me them. Do you some geofencing? All right. Location sensitive notifications. Yeah. Good idea. All right. Any other comments on the Apple Watch before we move on? Yeah. Look, look. They got rid of the Series mm-hmm. 2. Yes, they did. That was interesting. They, they took the Series 2 away, but kept the Series 1. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all about. Oh, I thought, in the, I thought in the video it said you could still get the Series 2 for 249. No, no. You can get the Series 1 for 249. Series oh. three for three two nine or series three with cellular for three nine nine. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. All about positioning, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. All about positioning. Let's uh, take a look. Oh, just, just, just visually, Heidi. Is there anything sort of strikingly visually different about the new series three Apple Watch? No. So it looks the same. It looks exactly the yeah. same. Which is a pretty cool achievement in itself, given all the cellular technology that's in there. And they, they made modifications so that uh, the watch face is effectively the cellular antenna. Yeah, so. I think they said it's only two pieces of paper thicker than yeah, the previous one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well done. And it'll work with all the same bands. And then there's new bands. I'm interested in it. In the Heidi, did you see a picture of the sport loop that they were talking about, the new sport band uh there i have a lot of pictures of bands and they don't have like labels telling me which ones they are okay Um, the one the one that i was interested in is the sport loop because i didn't like the original sport band um because the buckle i found a little bit cumbersome when i was in a hurry to fasten so i switched to a milanese loop but it sounds like the sport loop is going to be the same material but with the the magnet the sport loop does look no the sport loop Still looks the same with the little little pin bit. But oh, then they've okay. got some woven bands, which is kind of sporty, I think, and they have a magnet. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I, I'm a cheapskate, and I actually found some really good Apple Watch bands on Amazon, and I wear those you now. Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, my wife needs a new kitchen. See, you've got your new kitchen, David. But I, <laughs> I, I'm about to confront this. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the Apple TV 4K now. Am I being a bit of a uh, Luddite when I suggest that there's nothing really here for blind people? One no. That, yeah, one thing that concerned me right up front is I'm assuming that if you want to watch a 4K video off iTunes in particular, because that's what it supports, 
that that file is going to be a lot larger, which means it's going to add a lot more data coming down your broadband service. Yeah. And that was the first thing because I just thought, okay, I've got SD, I've got HD, and now I've got the, the 4K. I just thought there was no way that I want to waste my bandwidth just because it makes the picture a lot crisper. My children flick around movies and Netflix and that sort of stuff all the time. So to me, I just thought, 4K, yeah, the live TV was interesting and the live sports maybe, but, geez, 4K, no. Yeah, 4K does nothing for me either. Given given how much Apple seems to love Australia, David, this is my one opportunity in this whole program to rub it in and say, you know, we've got gigabit fibre to our house here. And um, oh, most people <laughs> in New Zealand have got gigabit fiber. So, you know, Wait, the, you're saying the, people in other countries don't the, have that? No, they don't. And wow. The, so the 4K, the 4K just goes whoosh. You know, you don't even, you get it here before you even know you want it, basically. But um, yeah, I, th- that is a factor. And I imagine, will they do the same thing as they do with iTunes now, where you can actually choose to download the SD or the HD version, right? I mean, you can make that choice when you rent or buy the movie. So presumably you could also make the choice to specifically opt for the 4k uh they said that the hd option is being upgraded to 4k where right. it's so supported be SD but and 4K. i think yeah but by the sounds of it standard definition is still available okay. but they didn't say that explicitly but it was implied right so it may be that you'll have sd and then 4k where that's available and and, and make the jump so mm. yeah that, that'll be a much bigger file I, I don't know how much bigger but you would think it would be quite a bit bigger, especially when you're talking, say, about a two-hour movie. Mm. Right, because even here in California, we don't we don't have fiber everywhere. I can't get it where we are in Napa, and so that would be worrisome as well. We have a good connection, but not quite 4K good. Now, the good news for you, David, is that you get the TV app. Um, Heidi's got a list of countries here where the TV app is coming. It's only been available in the United States, and this is on – Apple TV and iPhone, but now it is coming to other countries as well. Yeah, the problem is they didn't use words, they used flags, and I'm not good ah, at flags. Right. <laughs> so, but we know, we know it's coming to Australia yeah, I can and rec- Canada. Yes, I recognise the US flag, the Australian flag, the Canadian flag, and the UK flag. Right. And I'm pretty sure we've got France in there. And there's three others, and I don't recognise them because I'm awful at flags. Based on the way Apple is is, is concerned about certain key markets, I'd think China might be one. Um, but that no, there's no Chinese. No, no chi- flag. You know what that one I looks like. I know what okay. that one is. So another thing that Apple said about this TV app was that they were going to make sure that content that was important to each local market in which it launched was going to be available. Mm. And so I would assume that that would mean that if you are using the app in the UK, you will probably get BBC and ITV content from within the app. And uh, it will be interesting to see whether that will include the very significant amount of audio described material that is available from those networks from within the app. ITV is on that list of ones they showed, but BBC is not. Mm. Yeah, well, I guess they've got such a strong infrastructure. They have the iPlayer app on their own don't they? The, the Apple TV has an iPlayer app, so maybe they just didn't feel like they needed to be a part of it. 
So that's interesting. And also sports, a big part of the new Apple TV lineup with a dedicated sports app. And presumably if that is also rolling out in parallel with the TV app in some of these other markets, it means, for example, that in, in, in Aussie, David, and in the UK, there should be a good chunk of cricket content, you would think. Well, that was, that was, I was about to say that, you know, bugger foot, bugger baseball, yeah. I want cricket. <laughs> <laughs> Go Red Sox. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so, so hope. Uh, well, well, we live in hope because Siri does now actually answer cricket questions in a semi-sensible way. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed that, David, but it will if you ask Siri a cricket question. It gives you a decent answer now. So, yeah, yeah, you can ask it and, and it, it gives – so hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll get there. So that is Apple TV and it is also available from – this Friday for pre-order with ship, uh, shipping the week after on the 22nd of September. Anything else on Apple TV? It's available in 32 gig and 64 gig configurations and the previous generation is now available in only 32 gig. Wrong, right? So they, I, I regret buying the 64 gig Apple TV. I don't really know what they're using the storage for. I guess I have this idea that you might be able to download movies and keep them on there and things, but none of that has really mm-hmm. happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so is this one that you guys are going to sit out or are you going to be upgrading to the Apple TV? Sitting out. Yeah, with some trepidation, I'm going to get it. I hope that I will still be able to hook it to my speaker setup that I have with the HDMI converter um i have some concerns about whether or not that will work but hopefully it will it is going to be a bit faster than the previous model so i'll give it a go two times faster okay that's something (laughs) with the apple tv i was really interested that they took some time to try and position apple tv as an integral part of the ecosystem because according to the data i've been reading in the states Apple TV really is being hit quite hard at the moment by Roku and Amazon TV, and they're losing market share. And so they did take some time to say, look, you know, if, you've, if you're invested in the Apple ecosystem, you know, you can shoot great 4K video on your iThing, and now you can show it uh, in, in great clarity on the Apple TV. They talked about how you can use it as a home hub for HomeKit devices. And, of course, it will support AirPlay 2 with the tvOS 11 upgrade. So they're trying to say, look, Apple TV is a sensible thing to have if you're invested in the ecosystem. And I thought it was interesting that they they took the time to make that point. All right. Anything else on Apple TV? So let's talk about the... uh, the big stories, and that is undoubtedly the new iPhones, starting with the iPhone 8. Now, physically, Heidi, am I right in saying that if you if you held an iPhone 7 or 7 Plus in your hand and then you held an iPhone 8, they would feel quite similar, but you'd probably be able to detect a difference because of the glass back that the 8 now has. Yes, that is exactly right. It looks exactly the same as the 7 and 7 Plus except for the back, which is now made of glass rather than aluminium. So the 8 has the same sort of virtual home button 
the the indented bit that's not a real button, but when it's powered on, it uses haptic feedback to make it feel like a home button. Yes, as so far that, as yeah. I can tell, that's the case. It definitely has that home button area. Okay, and the glass in the back, uh, the, the the glass is all new and exciting. Everything's new and exciting. It, the, the iPhone 8 and 8 Plus come in silver, in space grey, and in gold finish. Except the gold is very rose gold, just for anyone who cares. So how? So it's quite pink pinkish. Pink, yeah. Okay. So it, it's not the same kind of gold as the one that everybody went nuts about a year or two ago? The- I feel like it's now midway between gold and rose gold. It's a lot more pinkish, but it's not as pink as rose gold. All right. Apple says it's the most durable glass ever in a smartphone. Of course, it continues to be water and dust resistant, so you can use Apple Music and play the rubber ducky song from Sesame Street <laughs> and float around with it in the tubby. Uh <laughs> 25% now this is interesting 25% louder stereo speakers with deeper bass. Now uh, one mm. thing about Apple is when they pay attention to sound they really get it right. I mean the yeah. sound on the MacBooks just kicks the butt of any other laptop I have ever heard. And so if they are paying attention to the sound that's quite exciting. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact when they did I know that sometimes they put their phones through the mixer when they do their demos, but it sounded like when they were demonstrating the iPhone 10 that they just had the speaker close to the mic to me. That's what I thought too. And that was phenomenal. I mean, that yeah. really did sound very, very good. Um, so we are going to get used to the A11 Bionic chip. <laughs> Six million dollars. Sounds very sci-fi. <laughs> and and, and when I heard that name, I thought Wednesday, joke. Thursday, Friday, or whatever that acronym stands for. Um, <laughs> I thought it was a cool name, and everyone else was laughing at it, so I, I guess I'm too young. It. And the uh, new Maybe image. Yeah, yeah. So that this 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 is a six. Am I hearing that right? A six, six core, core six core yeah. in CPU. a phone. Yep. I mean, a lot of laptops out these days don't have six cores. Yeah. This is this is a seriously two. grunty machine. Sixty-four bit yeah. processor. Yeah. Six cores. Yeah, it has two high performance cores and four standard cores. Core. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh dear. <laughs> and uh, it's got uh, what? What else can we say about it? New, it, new. Yes, go on. Uh, the high performance cores are twenty five percent faster than the A ten together. The four. Oh, sorry. There's two high-performance and four high-efficiency ones. And the high-efficiency ones are 70% faster than the A10. And it says it's 70% faster multi-threaded workloads, which is very technical, but it sounds impressive. Yeah, well, yes. There is a lot of talk about the camera, a lot of talk about the camera. But the thing that jumped out at me was the faster focus in low light. So you would think that with apps like Seeing AI, especially when you're using that immediate mode where it's it's oh, just yeah. yeah the text looking at text that the quick text mode uh, that you may well get better results quicker with this phone than the the, the current generation, and also with KNFB Reader just getting a good quality picture when you. Uh, I'm not sure of lighting conditions. So that's good. Uh, good good quality capture for video. It's the first iPhone created for augmented reality. And um, we'll talk about that in a minute. Sounds like some, is, that, is that somebody delivering your, your iPhone already, Alison? Is it? <laughs> I wish. Yeah. Sorry, um, it's just a loud truck with the open window. <laughs> who needs this phone, guys? I mean, if, if apart from just having to have the latest and greatest, what 
level would you say somebody should be at before thinking, okay, it might be worth upgrading to this iPhone 8? I mean, if I was on an iPhone 6 or 5S, you know, where do you think people should make the leap? If you were on a 6, I would say it's worth it. If you were on a 7 and this was all she wrote, this was the only new iPhone, then I don't know that I would get it if it was if it was just a jump up from the 7. I really don't. It's nice. It's great. It sounds great. But, well, the wireless charging sounds interesting. Yeah. Well, how about you, David? Who do you think should seriously consider upgrading to this if they don't absolutely have to be on the cutting edge? No, look, I, I agree with Alison. I think if you're, on, if you're on an iPhone 6 and you want to upgrade, then go to the 8. But if you're, if you're on an iPhone 7, I don't see any reason to upgrade to an iPhone 8. Yeah, I don't. I don't mean to be conventional, but it did seem quite an incremental upgrade to me. You know, um, it's it's just the usual stuff, isn't it? Faster, faster processor, better camera. You know, um So, but but I guess they were saving uh, a lot for the yes. for the ten, which we'll get to. But so this has LTE advanced. So if you do a lot of data on a network that supports LTE advanced, you will see a speed increase, and you may, depending on where you live in the world, be at the point where your LTE advanced is much faster than your home internet connection, <laughs> which is an interesting place to be. Um, so that's exciting. Now, they've, they've upgraded to Bluetooth 5.0 in this phone, and I'm interested in that, and I would make the case that if you are, like me, a hearing aid wearer, and you're working with a hearing aid manufacturer who is embracing newer standards like Bluetooth 5.0, this could possibly, based on my understanding of the standard, have a very positive impact on the latency that makes Ooh, yeah. streaming a bit of a problem for hearing aid users using a streaming device. So there's a lot of ifs there. But if you can find technology that supports Bluetooth 5.0, I'm hoping that we may see you know, that by latency, for those who aren't familiar with this term, what I mean is that sometimes when you use, and you, you'll see this even if you have a Bluetooth speaker, sometimes if you flick from icon to icon, you really feel the delay. It just makes the phone feel sluggish between when you flick and when you get a response. And if you have to do that every time you use your phone because you're using a hearing aid streamer, it's a bit of a deal breaker. So that's exciting. Um, now, the wireless charging. I think this is a little bit naughty, guys, because <laughs> uh, Apple Apple is giving us wireless charging, and that's great. And they're charging us, you know, a Apple kind of premium for buying this phone. But then you've got to buy the wireless charging separately because Apple at the moment yeah. ain't making one. <laughs> oh, you realize that bit? <laughs> no, theirs isn't coming out till later, till next year. Yeah, they're, they're saying they're holding out for an improvement to the standard, which will allow you to buy a mat on which you can rest yeah. your Apple Watch, your AirPods, and your phone, and it all manages the charging. And, and only the new Apple Watch, not the old. That's ones. right, the Series Three. Well, that's fair enough because the other the other two didn't support wireless charging. Um, but at the moment, if you want a wireless charger, you've got to. Uh, you've got to purchase a separate device, and the ones they specifically mentioned are Mophie and the Belkin wireless charger, but it's an open standard, so there will be all all manner of um, chargers you'll be able to get. Some of the other ones they had on the slide were Tilt, iHome, IKEA, AirCharge, in, in, I can't even pronounce that one, in Xipio? I don't know. Yeah. And Spidgen. 
So could you describe how this works? For those who haven't used a wireless charging device, Heidi, how do you charge this thing? Okay, so essentially you get, it's like a coaster. You get your coaster and you put your phone on top of your coaster and it charges. So when you say on top of the coaster, you lay the back of the phone. So you lie it down, right? Yeah, you lay the back of the phone where the camera is and whatnot on top of your coaster. So if you were using your phone in bed at night, this is a scenario, you know, I often I often read or just surf the web, you know, read news articles, that sort of thing. So I often have my dinky little double adapter. I was hoping the big new feature in the iPhone 10, by the way, would be a headphone jack and we'll be going, oh, dude, this is revolutionary. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if, if, you, if you were doing that, if you're just sort of curled up in bed reading with your phone at night, would you be... Is that wireless charging thing, does it magnetically sort of adhere to, sort of adhere to the back of it or? Not really, not. So you probably couldn't charge the phone easily if you were just lying there using it. You'd you'd be better plugging it in, would you? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because Henry had a phone that did wireless charging and to charge it had to be sitting on top of the charging pad coaster thing. And it wouldn't charge if it was away from it. So he'd have to now. Plug does it, it in. have to be? Does it have to be placed very precisely, or can you just kind of set it down, and it will charge? I think it depends on the wireless charger. Uh, some are a bit better than others, but as long as you're fairly central on the thing, it's not too bad. Like if you put it way off to one side, so it's only just on, it won't work. But if you're fairly central, it's fine. The iPhone okay. also plays a distinct sound when wireless charging begins. It's, yes. it's, a, it's a different sound from the sound that it plays when you plug into the lightning cable. So you will hear when it's charging. And, of course, you can also check the status bar at the top of the screen and it will give you the battery percentage and tell you that it's charging. So, game changer, David, is this wireless charging thing exciting you? Um, sort of. Sort of. I mean, because I'm going to get a Series 3 watch... And my little guy, who's 10 years old, 11 years old, is going to high school next year. He's getting my iPhone 6S. So I thought, well, I might as well just get a new phone anyway. So it'll, it'll probably be an iPhone 8 with the wireless charging. Um, while you were talking, the only thing that concerns me, and I'm assuming the iPhone 8 still has Touch ID, which is good. Yes. The only thing that concerns me, though, is I'm hoping on the iPhone 8, because it's still got the home button, I'm assuming, down the bottom, or if it doesn't. It does. It does, yes. It does. Good, okay. Because when we get onto the iPhone 10, one of the things that concerned me was the side button because my wife has got a physical disability. She actually can't push push in the power button on her iPhone 7. Right. So, so wearing it from the home button to the power button really has implications for people that have got poor motor issues. We'll have a good natter about the iPhone X uh, in a minute. Uh, just before we move on to that, I am really interested to see what the reaction will be to Apple's decision to offer just two models, and this applies to both the 8 and the 10, um, and of course the 8 Plus. You can get a 64 gigabyte uh, storage capacity, and then all you have is to jump all the way up to 256. That seems like a very interesting decision, and I wonder what the logic is. I don't, I don't understand Apple's positioning there. Well, I know some people who are going to be upset, but I imagine that perhaps the lower end and perhaps the 128 weren't selling, so they were just going off of what what sold the most. 
64 so, will be fine for a lot of people, I think, though. It was 32, 64, and 256, wasn't it? They didn't have a 128 oh, yes, last year. Oh, yes. No, I you're think. right. You're right. Yeah. 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 Um, how do you feel about that, David? Because, I mean, we, we're dealing with a very price-conscious market. For some people, for some blind people who are on fixed incomes and don't have work, it is a hell of a big deal getting an iPhone, you know? It really yeah. is. It's it's a big sacrifice. And so... Uh, I, 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 I'm curious that they didn't offer a, a cheaper option. No, and, and that's why I like the fact that they're still supporting the iPhone 6SE as mm-hmm. a baseline phone. So, you know, it's, it's still going to run iOS 11. You'll get all the great stuff in iOS 11. So I'm going to be telling people about this, the bottom storage for the iPhone 8 and also the fact you've still got these other iPhones which are more than adequate to run iOS 11. Yes, yes, uh, SE is a lovely phone. Heidi? I've just looked on the Apple website, the US one. Um, the 64 gigabyte, for, we're looking at just the 8 right now. The 64 gigabyte starts at 699 and then it jumps up to 849 for a 256. Now, mm. that's another interesting thing. I, I may be wrong, but I don't recall Apple giving the unsubsidized prices before. They usually... No, they talk- did. Yeah, no, no, but but in the past, I think they've always given the subsidized sort of, you know, this is what you pay if you go to your carrier kind of price, didn't they? Isn't oh. it because last year they went right. to the um, unlocked phone okay. last year? They the unlocked iPhone last year? Right, was it last year they started? Interesting. Now, so is the 64 gigabyte model, is that being priced at the same price that they used to charge for 32? Yes. Mm. So, in fact, so. it's, a, it's a win, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Which used to be, again, the same as they charge for 16. So you're getting 64 gigs now for what you would have paid two years ago for 16. Is that the case? From all I remember, yes. I always bought whatever the top of the line was. But, yeah. I, well, of course. <laughs> only the best for you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The, um, the Bloomberg people did a survey and 64%, because, of course, what happened over the weekend was that somebody in Apple, and I'd love to know what the heck is going on there, poor old Tim Cook and his team must have been absolutely livid because somebody at Apple over the weekend yet again did a damaging leak, and they basically leaked the entire keynote today by leaking the gold master. And they knew exactly what they were doing, whoever did yeah. this in Apple, because by, they knew that by leaking the gold master, people would disassemble it and take a look at the strings and they would be able to know the names of the phones and a lot about what they did. So we knew that this other iPhone was coming and that it was going to be called the iPhone X. And a lot of people, they, they did a poll, you see, and 65% of those who responded to the poll said, oh, it's going to be pronounced X, like X code. And so um, we were all sitting there waiting for the iPhone X, and in fact, you pronounce it 10. It's a Roman numeral 10. Now, this has the edge-to-edge, top-to-bottom display. This is the phone, just to be clear for blind people who, who do care about this, this is the phone that has no home button and therefore no touch ID. This is – can you describe this, Heidi? So it, is, it, is it about the size of the iPhone 8? It's smaller than the Plus models, right? No, it is a – I think it is the size of a plus. Is it? I'm, I know it has. A, what are the it, standard it, screen sizes? Well, so it, it says here, I'm just scrolling through my notes about the, about the super retina 
display. Why would you do that to me? Yeah. <laughs> um, 5.8 inches on the diagonal, mm. but my understanding was that because it is all screen top to bottom, sort of left to right, that you know, there's no bezel, right? So oh, that's true. Yeah. I, I thought it might be a bit smaller than the Plus, but is that not the case? That's what I had heard yeah. in the rumoured mill, but I don't know in real life what that will what that will mean if it'll be actually smaller. Well, I don't know what five point whatever it is inches five point eight inches is in real life compared to like right. So it, in real life, it's a little bit just a slightly bit bigger than than the plus phones are now. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you. I don't know if they have dimensions up on the Apple website yet for yeah, the iPhone I've, iPhone ten, and we can compare them with the Plus. I, but I will look into that. Okay. Right now. In 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 the meantime, so the, the the display is a really big deal with this phone. Again, wireless charging that's now standard on all the new iPhones that are coming out. Uh, but you will have to buy an accessory if you plonk down the cash, uh, and it starts at what nine ninety nine, I think. Was it yes. for the for the base, the 64 gigs? So you're going to plonk down a lot of cash. You will still have to go out and buy a wireless charger from a third party. You can get it in space, gray and silver. The Super Retina display is Apple's term for the OLED display, which is more energy efficient. And so the result of that is that although they have more screen to power, they have still been able to use the efficiency gains from the OLED display to get another couple of hours of all-day battery life. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, you tap on the screen to wake it up. And I'm, I was curious about this. For people who sort of carry it around in their pocket, are you going to get false wake-ups all the time? Or maybe you have to firm 3D touch press kind of on the screen, I guess, maybe? Um, It'll be interesting I to see that. Found yeah. the specs. Okay. So the it is essentially right in the middle between a iPhone eight and an iPhone eight plus. It's like bang on in between. Okay, I so, didn't think it was quite as big as the. So plus. it's not quite yeah. as big, but yeah. it is bigger than the than the eight. The eight. Okay. All right, so sort of a middle position. So that might be quite nice for braille screen input. You've got a lot of screen yeah. to braille screen input on. Also, apparently it's. 0.2 millimeters thicker, which is like nothing, but yeah. <laughs> and do they can we do a quick comparison of the weight uh, of the three yes. iPhones? Okay, so the eight is says it is 148 grams, which is 5.22 ounces. The eight plus is 202 grams, which is 7.13 ounces. And the 10 is 174 grams, which is 6.14 ounces. Oh, so right in the middle. Yeah, so, yeah, so it's all middle smack round, bang isn't it? in the middle. Yeah, sort yeah. of a middle thing all over. Um, now, the you, you wanted to talk about the side button, David, and I'm, I'm glad that you are looking at accessibility from beyond the blindness perspective and you have some uh, interest in this area. Tell me about your... I guess we have some questions right at the moment. They're, they're, not, they're not clearly defined concerns, but you're talking about perhaps the dilemma of, of uh, making the side button perform a lot of functions. That's right. So, I mean, the fact that the home button's gone, and now with the iPhone 7, it was a, it was a touch home button rather than a real home button, but it still vibrated when you touched it, whereas the side button on the side, and I don't know if you've felt your side button on your phone lately, but it's a lot harder to press in because it is a larger button than the round button on the older traditional iPhones has, has ever been. So what I'm worried about is people that have got a 
physical issues about pressing in with force onto a button are going to find that really hard, particularly in some circumstances where people also might have speech difficulties. So being a so the you know magic words H E Y Siri is not going to work because they can't speak clearly. And does that mean then with iOS 11, they're going to have to turn the the text input on and use the on-screen keyboard to type it to see if they want to use Siri if they can't activate it, you know, clearly enough by doing H-E-Y Siri. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm really worried. I mean, I know you can use assistive touch to replicate the home button on the screen. So maybe perhaps that might be my recommendation that if you really want an iPhone 10 then you really need to look at assistive touch for the home button if you've got issues pressing in the the physical side button. And this is where the current iPhones and the iPhone 8 line would actually be great for this particular need, right? Because you could adjust the sensitivity of the home button and actually make Mm. it respond to a very light touch. Exactly. Yeah. So that was a, that was an advantage. So we'll watch that with interest. And If you, my understanding, and I think this is a pretty educated guess, and you will have been playing with iOS 11 a lot too, David, and and, and we know that if you want to invoke the dock on the iPad, you do a similar gesture. In fact, I believe it's the identical gesture to the one that they're talking about on the iPhone 10, where you swipe up from the bottom of the screen. And so I would imagine that with voiceover, the way you would invoke it will be to perform a two finger flick up from the bottom, which is what you do on an iPad to invoke the dock when you're running voiceover. Mm. It sounds like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that to me sounds, I mean, to me that sounds very interesting and a lot more efficient in some ways. Um, You know, one of the things I've always wished that the iPhone would do, and I I know they're probably not going to do it because eventually you won't have any buttons at all, but I just love the fact sometimes to have um, a real phone that's got a real button to answer and hang up a phone call to me is is magical and i just wish we wouldn't keep going down this road of having nothing but a touch screen to deal with i just wish sometimes we'd have you know haptic buttons or some other button that gives you proper feedback when you answer and hang up a phone call but yeah the switching up from the bottom i mean it, it sounds really good but again i, I sort of get to the, the stages if you're doing all these gestures, you have to be really, really good at doing gestures. So, again, yeah. I'm worried about those people that can't do those sort of gestures. Yes. Yes. I mean, I'm, I'm. you'll know this as a trainer, David, I'm sure, how many blind people really struggle with the rotor gesture. I mean, they really do. A lot of people have a, a lot of difficulty making that rotor thing work. Yep. Indeed. Um, so the two-finger flick app thing is going to be interesting. And I I don't know how they will get you to the app switcher. Um, They mentioned sort of just holding a bit longer. So I don't (laughs) – are you going to have to do a two-finger flick and hold? Hold, maybe. Maybe it'll be a a three-finger flick app. I'm sure that they will have thought about – I mean, Apple does think about these things. And um, the good thing is that we have some time to ask them the questions because this one doesn't go on sale until October. Um, Mm. Now, the big thing – is this face ID. And yeah. you got to say, I mean, when I listened to them describe it, I thought this is just the most extraordinary piece of engineering. 
Um, they really have thought it through. They're using infrared technology and stuff. So you can't just uh, hold a photo of somebody up to the camera and think that this is going to unlock the phone. So Touch ID is completely gone. There is no home button and no Touch ID sensor embedded anywhere. For a while, people thought maybe it'll be on the back of the camera like some of the Android devices. Touch ID as of the iPhone 10, has ceased to be. It has left the building. Uh, you um, double tap the side button to get Apple Pay, and you now unlock your phone, authenticate. I guess you can still enter your passcode, of course. Yes, that's um, what happened when the demo failed. Yeah, that was a bit embarrassing, wasn't it? Whoops. <laughs> um, but, you can, uh, but you can also unlock with your face. Now, of course, the first thing will be how well they have accessibilitized the um, process of training for your face. That will be fascinating to watch. Mm. Yes, so they had a brief showing of how it would do, how it would work. So essentially you start by looking straight at the phone, so your face on, and then it gets you to rotate your head in different directions so it gets like looking slightly up from your chin or looking down on your forehead, looking from the left, looking from the right, so it can learn all the different angles of your face. You don't have to get it straight on every time. Right. So, so it's my a little concern, bit... Go on. My concern is that this seems to be dependent a lot on the ability to focus one's eyes. And I am fortunate in that I can open my eyes, but I cannot make them go where I want them to go. So I'm a little bit concerned about how that's going to work. Does it need to see your eyeballs, I guess, is my biggest concern. Did you get an impression of that, Heidi? Um, I th I'm not entirely sure how that works. I wasn't able to get a clear impression, but as far as I – like when they said you couldn't have your eyes closed, mm, that's yeah. bad enough. But when yeah. they did the example, I it was hard to tell exactly if it was just there was like – it could see some sort of eyes, so it assumed you're looking or not. It definitely wouldn't do it when you're, like, looking away completely, like, facing a different direction. Yeah. But I'm not entirely sure. So, And we do need Apple to engage with us on this. And, and they sometimes can be notoriously bad about actually engaging with the blind community when new products come out. You know, it took a long time for us to eventually find out that voiceover would be in the Apple Watch. And I know that the Apple accessibility address was flooded with inquiries the moment Apple Watch was announced, and it took actually quite some time till we got an answer. And, and people want to know, okay, mm. should somebody who's congenitally blind, say, who maybe has artificial eyes, or in my case, I have a congenital blindness condition which causes my eyes to kind of be slightly receded, you know, like sunken in, and, and that's, that's deteriorated over time. And so I can open my eyes, but it's, it's not easy to always know when they're fully open. And also, mm. you have um, cataracts, so you have no colour in your eyes as well, so I don't know how it would deal with that either. Right, so we need we need answers to these questions, and I, I hope that Apple will be forthcoming about providing them, just so we know which model we should be ordering if we want to upgrade. Um, th these are really significant questions. Um, and I wonder, you know, this is all cool and everything, but for a blind person, and uh, you know, you might want to try this, and I want to try it if I can make it work because I want to be able to 
update iOS 11 without the eye with information about the training process and things. So I have a business reason to try and buy one if I can make it work. Other than that, though, is there a significant advantage in the blind, in, in, in upgrading for a blind person and choosing the 10 over the 8, given the price difference? Not unless you're a real geek. I mean, like me. Like, <laughs> but truly, I, I don't... I don't think so. If you're gonna, if you want to have a little bit of an upgrade and have less of a price difference, I would go for the eight or the eight plus. Yeah, how are you feeling about it? The Dave? average blind person. Well, to me, it's got too many disadvantages. I mean, the face. I mean, the 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 ten besides the face recognition or the face ID has taken away. They've taken away the home button. I've got to use the side button now. Um, I don't really care about the extra battery life because I tend to drain my battery on my phone extremely quickly. I've actually got a, a battery case on my phone to make it last a whole day. Um, so no, I'm not I'm not really enthusiastic about the iPhone 10 at all really. It's all the augmented reality stuff seems to work quite nicely on both the 8 and the 10. So really the only difference between the 8 and the 10 is the fact that it doesn't have any touch ID on the, on the 10. You've got face ID on the 10 and not on the 8, and that's about it, really. And a very attractive screen, which, if you've got some low vision, may be quite attractive, I suppose. Good but colors. Yeah. yeah. Good. Uh, does yeah. The, the Plus models of phones with the two cameras, do they have the optical image stabilization? Well, because the, the 10 had dual the optical ten, Yes, yes. The, the other models, certainly the Plus, has optical image stabilization. So this has dual optical image stabilization. So I suppose you might argue that you might get slightly better photos mm. um, keeping your hand stable. That could have an accessibility benefit for somebody who has trouble yeah. holding mm, their hand still. So that could be a significant thing. Mind you, if you're going to have trouble with holding the phone still, you may have trouble pressing the button <laughs> uh, so double, double-edged sword um, where am I oh you know I I hate to be a party pooper but <laughs> when they spent all that time on this new thing called emojis, where you look at the phone <laughs> and yeah. you kind of you know it, it turns your facial expression into emojis I'm thinking you know I, I just I, I want to know how my phone is going to allow me to be more productive and, and get things done and, and those sorts of things. And it just seemed right. like, wow, that's a really that's a really interesting reason to buy such an expensive, the most expensive smartphone on the planet probably. But it was so adorable. Well, yeah. see, that's the thing, isn't it? <laughs> that's why I'm a party pooper. You mentioned augmented reality, and I'd love to get your guys' take on this because I was sitting there and I – you know, the geek in me thinks this is just so cool. The, the the blind person in me is also thinking, man, this is just yet another reason why people are going to bump into me when they're looking at virtual objects imposed yeah. on their, you know, <laughs> not not looking where they're going. Uh, it was bad enough when the Pokemon Go craze was at its height. Do you think that there are any implications, any positive benefits of augmented reality long term that blind people might benefit from? Maybe. I think in terms of more immersive gaming, um, perhaps there could be. I would like to play, for example, a fighting game where I could actually just do the the motions of fighting with my phone and hopefully not throw it across the room <laughs> instead of trying to do all these fancy schmancy screen motions to simulate sword swings and everything um, because I find that I have a little bit more, more trouble with those, especially with voiceover turned off. 
Um, so in terms of like playing in an MMORPG, for example, if we had one that was accessible, um, I could see it being interesting in something like a blind legend where you are very dependent on, um, on different screen gestures. Um, if you're not playing on the Mac, um, I could see AR being very interesting. David, any mm. thoughts on this? Yeah, look, there's a couple of things that come to my mind. I mean, I'm not a game player, so I just go, yeah, yeah, gaming, cool. Um, <laughs> what? I can't beat you on Dice World even? No, you can't, oh, no. Because oh. um, I want to use my phone as a productive tool, Jonathan, remember? Oh, productive for goodness sake. Not gaming. <laughs> I thought you were a party pooper. <laughs> That's another one. Um, so, look, things like a, virt- a virtual distance thing, so like the old, um, like not the old one, but the mini guides, for example, where you can use the ultrasound to, you know, find out how far a wall is away or what dimensions a room is or what objects are in the room. That, to me, is augmentative reality where you could say, okay, you're you're in a four-by-metre room. If we're using object recognition, there's a table in front of you that's, you know, horizontal to you, blah, blah, blah. So that's one one example. The other one that I would find would be really cool if we could map, say, organisations in particular for blind or low vision so that when you walk in to an organisation, you can use augmentative reality to actually travel around. That, that would be amazing. And, uh, and locate things. So to me, that that would be really fantastic. And the third one would be, um, for example, railway stations. So when you come down onto a railway station, Augmentative reality will tell you where the seats are or the lifts are on the railway platform. Interesting. I feel like there, are, you guys have a very different idea of what augmented reality is and compared to what exactly. they're showing. Yep. So correct. what <laughs> what they're showing is essentially images superimposed over the real world and it interacts mm. with the world, but you can only see it yep. through your phone. And what mm-hmm. you seem to be talking about is object recognition which i assume they could use the same features for the same camera and software but i think it's a different sort of set of the world yeah yeah. i I had to get my head around this when i was writing Mm. there's a chapter in ios 11 without the eye on the ar kit which is apple's Mm. way of implementing augmented reality for developers and um, I was looking at examples of this so that I could kind of get an understanding of what they were doing. They they do things like, for example, um, you can go onto a website for a clothing store and you can choose some clothing and then they can show what you look like wearing those clothes or mm. they can you can go to a makeup store, a cosmetic store, and you can see, you can apply the makeup to yourself essentially. So Mm. I struggle to think of how that might help a totally blind person. But, you know, there's probably a way innovative person out there somewhere who was going Mm. to crack it and and will all say, whoa, why didn't I think of that? (laughs) So in terms of the clothing and makeup, though, I could see it being, if it was somehow paired with some sort of, either live or AI-based description service, I would love to just be able to go online, see how a certain size of clothing would look on me and get a bit of a description of how I'd look in it. That would be neat. Yes. So if there was a way somehow to pair this with um, Ira or Be My Eyes or even just making a FaceTime call to someone you trust, then yeah, yeah, that might be interesting if you could somehow share the screen. 
one thing that we saw down at, <coughs> excuse me, in Sydney's, and I'm just going to get my mic and cough. Hang on, Dick. I love muting. Muting in Zoom is so much easier to do. Um, <laughs> so basically what I saw in Sydney was a demo of people were doing fire drills and they did it with virtual reality. So they didn't Ooh. do the fire drill in real life. They did it with virtual reality. So they could run through the whole scenario just by looking at the screen. It had audio and video and I guess if you wanted to, you could put your audio description on it as well. So, yeah, look, I just think AR stuff is just, it's only limited by your imagination. So I'm just going to be interested to see how it gets implemented for, you know, different accessibility groups as we move forward, I think. And so that's the lineup. The iPhone 10 is shipping. I'm just trying to look for that uh, on October. The it, it, You can order it on October the 27th. Available November 3rd. Available on November the th- when? The November 3rd. The 3rd, yes. Okay. So, is the iPhone available though? Is it this, this week or in October too? Pre orders October 27th, available November 3rd. For the iPhone 8 as well? Oh, no, the no, iPhone no 8? sorry. That's for the 10. The 8 oh, is. Okay. This Friday? Yeah. And then shipping on the 22nd. Yeah. On the day the internet breaks. Yeah. So if you if you want an <laughs> iPhone 8, then you can order at the usual times on Friday and you'll have it in your hot little hand the week after. And, of course, in New Zealand and Australia, David, we're lucky. I, I remember when I got, I think it was my iPhone 6S and I had some trouble with Siri setting it up. And I called and they said, you are the first person we have received an iPhone 6 Plus tech support call, for, 6S Plus tech support call from because <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the New Zealand couriers were delivering them first. Um, so overall, guys, um, it sounds like the sweet spot for you both is the iPhone, what, 8 Plus or 8? I'm I'm getting the ten. I want to I want to live on the bleeding edge, and I'm probably gonna. I may regret it. <laughs> yeah, you may. I I, I want to see I want to see how it works. I'm keeping my my seven plus around. Um, so if it all if it all goes to heck in a handbasket, um, then I'll have some way of of having a, a backup phone until they either until I either send it back or they or they fix accessibility but I want I'm I'm interested to see how this will work for us I'm a little bit concerned and I hope that we'll get some answers before shipping but I'm getting the the 256 gigabyte 10 Jeremy and I have been budgeting so <laughs> <laughs> what will you do David I'm lucky here in Australia because I've because I work with Apple here in Australia anyway as one of their accessibility ambassadors. I can actually borrow an iPhone 10, so I'm going to buy myself an iPhone 8 and yep. I'll loan an iPhone 10 from Apple. So I'll be doing my usual demos and I'll be doing a demo of the iPhone 8 Plus, which I'll be getting because I want to use the rather than put the screen. Um, and I'll be getting an iPhone 10 just to loan. So people that hear my podcast don't assume that I've got I've bought two phones. I've only bought one of them. You're right. Yeah. Oh, oh, you, you want to keep the image going, man. And of course, uh, your podcast is the IC podcast, and people can search for that. It's a, IC is all one word, isn't it? It is. It's I, then capital S, double E. Or if you just whack in David Woodbridge into your favorite podcatcher or iTunes, you'll find the podcast anyway. 
Yeah, yeah, you're on Podbean, which we are now too. The blind side just switched to Podbean, and I I like Podbean very much. They they do a great. Oh, well. They do. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, they do a great <laughs> job. And uh, will the Tech Doctor podcast be doing a recap of the Apple event as well, Alison? Do you know? We will, and actually, David will be with us on on there as well. Um, we are at dr Carter dot com, and we're going to record a little bit later, and hopefully have our our recap up pretty soon. Excellent. Well, thank you both for joining us. Uh, well, thank the three thank of you, you, Heidi. What are you what, what are you getting, Heidi? If you if you could have a choice, which one would you opt for? Well, if I could afford it, I'd go for the iPhone ten. Why is that? Oh, come on, Dad. Dad. Nah, yeah, we've Dad. got a wedding to fund. I've got a wedding to fund. <laughs> but, but she, but and a kitchen. Present, but I'm your favorite. <laughs> Life is brutal. No, I, I, I don't. You start that. <laughs> what uh, is it about the ten that you like? I just. Really like the emergent immersion of the screen being like the whole front face. So it looks really cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you all for helping us recap the event. I you didn't say what phone you're going to get. Yeah, what are you going to get? You know, I will try to find out some information about whether my congenital blindness and the issues that I face, as Heidi says, with the sort of cataracts, will be a barrier. And if not, then I will get the 10. And if I can't find out, I think I will get the 10 and find out because you do have a right of return policy. So if it doesn't work out for me, I can always return that iPhone 10. I'm sure that Apple will have no difficulty giving it to someone else. Or and, pass it on to your daughter. Or, <laughs> yeah, you, know, you never give up. And then I'll, I'll probably, uh, well, if I return the 10, I think I would probably keep the 7 Plus I have, mm. to be honest with you, because I don't see a lot of benefit in a 7 Plus user upgrading to the 8. I really don't. Um, mm. Yeah, so that's what I'll do. Uh, thank you all very much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to The Blind Side. A production of Mosin Consulting. On the web at mosin.org.